Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to this episode of Ask Amy. We are winding down 2022 and we want to take this opportunity to look back at some of the stories and investigations that we've covered over the last 12 months. Things that maybe you missed and that you could benefit from knowing, um, getting information from. And so that is what we're going to focus on for this episode. Uh, we've got some great information from everything concerning your vehicles to your electric bills, to your phone lines, to your home alarm systems, to your bank information. So we're we're going to jump right in right now talking about probably one of the most expensive things that you own. We're talking about your vehicle next to your home. It's probably one of the most valuable pieces of property that you have. And so we do a lot to try to protect our vehicles, keeping our doors locked, maybe keeping it secured in our garages. But what if you discovered that somebody had stolen your car, but it was still in your driveway or your garage? There is a way that it can happen. We found a flaw in Texas's um, titling system that is allowing that to happen. And so one man contacted me with his story. I couldn't believe it. It took a lot of unwinding to figure out how it happened. And then we wanted to tell you the story so you could make sure that it doesn't happen to you. Hit and runs. Right now they're still searching for that shooter. Criminal activity and toll violators. Just a few reasons it's important to track vehicles. Your vehicle identification number is like a social security number unique to your car. But just like your social, thieves are using VINs to steal your vehicle's identity. I was completely floored. Floored because when Kenneth Davis tried to trade in his 2015 BMW for his next vehicle. They're like, you know, well the title um, that you have has your name on it, but however, when we pull into, go and look into the system, the car is actually registered to someone else. That's right, Kenneth couldn't sell his car because on paper, it didn't belong to him. It was registered to an address in this spring subdivision. And when Houston police auto theft investigators drove here, they found another BMW. This is the best picture we could find, but it is the same make, model, and color as Kenneth's, with license plates tied to Kenneth's VIN. The car was a clone. You would know. You would know. I would probably walk to the wrong car thinking it was my car because they were identical. About 100% of the time, that car is actually a stolen car. They That's Sergeant them. Tracy Hicks with the Houston Police Auto Theft Task Force. And he confirmed this BMW clone of Kenneth's car was stolen from the Sharpstown area repair shop. Even crooks know they're on borrowed time driving around in a stolen vehicle. But if they get a license plate that goes back to a car with no record, they can drive the stolen car unnoticed. Heck, they could even sell it. If there was any legal ramifications, if they got an accident or whatever, it would come back to me. It is concerning, it is surprising, and it is, I would say, dangerous as well. Joel Oveta owns a title bonding business. He understands the fraud and says he sees it daily. I would say maybe every day, maybe one to three cars every day. One to three cars every day where drivers come into his office trying to get a bonded title for stolen vehicles. Car owners can legitimately apply for a bonded title when they've lost the original. Most of the stories we hear are, you know, my grandfather gave me this old car. He can't find the title. 
When that happens, state law requires that law enforcement officers verify the VIN. HPD does it here every Monday morning. Undercover officers check out each vehicle. We personally inspect that car for the VIN number, verify that that VIN belongs on that car, and then sign the paperwork. Applicants take this document back to the DMV to apply for the bonded title. But we discovered state law doesn't require the sort of VIN inspection for every car. A DMV spokesperson told us by email in Kenneth's case, there was a record for this vehicle, so the applicant was not required to have the vehicle inspected by law enforcement. Check it out. The bonded title application asks the applicant, are you in legal possession of the vehicle? Are you in legal control of the vehicle? The person using Kenneth's VIN to get a bonded title checked yes. Clearly not true. They could be telling the truth, they could be lying. So who's going out to the parking lot to make sure that the person applying for the bond has that vehicle? No one. Those um, VIN numbers can be transferred to almost any title at any on any car and the owner of the actual car may not even know that they're being duplicated. The DMV couldn't tell us how many bonded titles it's issued without law enforcement inspecting the vehicles. What normally happens is both of those people who have that, that number get a letter saying, hey, your title and less license plates are both invalid. You both need to go to your local DMV. The process should have stopped. But Kenneth says he was never notified, and the DMV couldn't tell us who, if anyone, it notified of the double titles on the same vehicle. If you make a mistake, own up to it and fix it, and don't put the citizens through this kind of stuff when it's not their fault. Police tell us that the best way to prevent this from happening to you is to require a vehicle inspection for every single vehicle that needs a new title. And you can do a vehicle a title check before you purchase any vehicle. Um, and so that is the last time we did that story um, and, and the information that, that we learned from it about how difficult it is to sort of fix that once you are the victim of it. But it clearly is happening in our area. Um, something else that we heard a lot about this year was the sunsetting of the 3G network. Um, and so they wanted to make room on the spectrum. When they started 5G, they winded down and, and sunsetted, if that's a word, the 3G network. The reason this was important is because a lot of old cell phones, old devices, old technology um, relied on that 3G network. And so it was up to alarm companies and cell phone companies to get their customers moved over to 4G or 5G so that whenever they completely did away with the 3G network, people's devices would still work. Well, a lot of people felt, some people fell through the cracks. And one of the first people that that happened to was a woman in um, a woman who had her ADT alarm system that was reliant on the 3G network. Um, we're going to show you exactly how she was impacted by this and why it cost her a whole lot of money to get back to exactly where she was with 3G on the new network. Take a look. Pam Reynolds is safety minded. She locks her doors and sets her security alarm every night. When I go to bed, I want to know, OK, you can go to bed, you're protected. But one morning in June, when she stepped outside on, baby. to feed her furry friends, she forgot to disable the alarm. And anytime the alarm goes off, ADT always would boom call. Is everything OK? But not this time. No one called. And when Pam called ADT to find out why. You're not being monitored. Go to your keypad and punch this code in, which I did. 
And it said no cellular service, not monitored. Not monitored. Even though Pam was paid up, she pays some $260 every month. Very angry to be paying for a service you're not even getting. Mm -hmm. And to not be notified you're not being monitored, uh, that should have been a priority to me. But it was about to get much worse. Pam said ADT told her that when the 3G network shut down, her system could no longer communicate with ADT. Pam says she had ordered a device, what's called a cell bridge, offered to her from ADT back in February. But she was still waiting on that equipment. Now, ADT says those bridges are no longer available in her area. But the company is happy to update her system. To get me monitored again, I have to buy all new equipment, all new cameras. New cameras, new sensors, new keypads. ADT sent Pam a quote for all of it. Over $4,000. All at once? All at once. No payment plan. All at once. $4,023 to replace the equipment Pam already purchased from ADT. Equipment that came with a warranty. It said that they would service, repair, or replace. That's their warranty. And they said that they don't have to do that because this is a national event. So their warranty doesn't apply. Of course, we did reach out to ADT, and someone from the corporate office did call Pam. They offered to upgrade her equipment for about $1,600, so, you know, less than what she was expecting, but still a lot. They were letting her break that up into monthly payments. Um, the takeaway here for me that I thought for a lot of people, because we've done stories over the years about home alarm systems not being connected when the homeowner thought that they were, they're paying their bill, going along paying their bill, not realizing that it's not being monitored by anyone. And so if you have a home alarm system that's supposed to be monitored, you should test it at least every six months by setting it off and letting it go off to make sure that your alarm company calls to check on you. Um, because that may be the only way that you, you realize that that's happening. I did a story years ago with an HPD officer whose um, home alarm went off. She arrived home um, and found her back door open, her alarm going off, and she called the alarm company to say, why didn't anybody come out? Like, our back door's open, our alarm's been going off, who knows how long? And they said, oh, your alarm hasn't been monitored for seven years. But then they didn't want to refund her money for the seven years that she had been paying for it because they said, oh, there's this part in the contract that says you're supposed to test it to make sure that, that we're actually doing our job and monitoring it. They did end up giving her money back. But that was also a big lesson is that you need to test your own system and make sure that you're getting what you pay for. You're getting it the, the um, monitoring that you're paying for every month. All right, we've got another 3G example of a problem that happened when that whole 3G network went away. Um, but we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll show you how it affected some AT&T customers. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Okay, these days we've all had our cell phones long enough to know that usually when you switch phone carriers, you can take your phone number with you. It's usually pretty easy to port it. It's pretty common and an easy way to keep up with old contacts. Like nobody wants to have to um, start over with a brand new cell phone number every time you want to switch providers for a better deal. But a Cypress man was shocked when his phone company disconnected his phone number and reassigned it to someone else. He called me asking for help. The problem was he had had the same phone number for 26 years. Sam Galici never had a reason to dial his own business number, but when he did, this is what he heard. 
sorry, you have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Odd because AT&T was still charging Sam $28.44 every month to transfer his business calls to a cell phone. What happened? What happened to my number? It's what he and his wife asked AT&T. Representatives told them AT&T disconnected the number back in May when it shut down its 3G network. Any lines that hadn't been upgraded before that time were canceled. If I lose it, I, am, I don't have any contact with my customer. I never call my customer. They call me. Sam was willing to pay to get his number back. So an AT&T rep told him they could make that happen. They had you jump through a lot of hoops to try to get this number back already. A lot of hoops. First, AT&T told the couple if they switched their internet cable and cell service to AT&T, they could get the old number back. Then they told them they needed their old Southwestern Bell account number associated with the phone number. They found this bill from 1996. Then another hoop. And then later they say, you need to go AT&T office. After all that, AT&T told Sam it had already reassigned his number for someone else to use as MiFi or internet service. This just doesn't make sense. They took my number, give it to somebody, when we reached out to AT&T, within 48 hours, the company gave Sam his number back as a landline so he can get back to business and make sure his customers can call him. So AT&T did follow up with us. Of course, we reached out to them and they told us that they sent out messages, automated messages to Sam and all of the customers letting them know, hey, the 3G network is about to expire. Our records indicate that you have a cell phone um, that relies on the 3G network. So we need you to get in touch with us so that you can switch your service to make sure that you're not impacted by the sun setting of the 3G network. Well, as you know, his number, was ported to a cell phone that did not rely on the 3G network. That's why he didn't think it impacted him. Um, but just to make sure that you're not falling into this, if you have a phone number that's been ported or transferred in any way, an old number, you may want to call that number. Sounds silly, but you may want to call that number to make sure that it is still working. Make sure that you were not impacted by the whole sunsetting of the 3G network. All right, let's move on to electric bills and talk a little bit about something that impacts all of us. I mean, we all have to pay for electricity in our homes, maybe in your businesses if you own a business. Um, and not all of us look at our bill every single month. Sometimes you have it set on auto pay or you're not really checking it to see how much electricity you use. You just see that dollar figure, right? And some people have it set up on auto pay. Well, one woman called me when she got an electric bill for more than $4,000 for one month of electricity. She tried to resolve this issue herself by calling Jexa to try to figure out why her bill was so much. Um, she got nowhere with them. And then they started sending her notices that her electricity could be cut off um, when they still hadn't figured out why she was charged so much. Listen to this, and I think we could all benefit from learning a little bit about what she did and we did in this whole investigation about the Public Utility Commission and what laws say your electric company can and cannot do with regards to your bill and reading your electric meter. She washes her clothes at the crack of dawn. And then between the hours of three and eight, I don't use any major appliances. Angela Davis is a creature of habit. I keep my AC on 78. Good habits when it comes to conserving electricity. Her monthly electric bills with Jexa Energy, where she's on balanced billing, are as steady and consistent as her four-legged best buddy, Bullet. About 187, 
157, 163. Then came this bill in June, $4,329. I looked at that and I go, oh my God, what is going on here? She called Jexa repeatedly. Nothing, nothing. But got no answers, just more bills. We called Texas New Mexico Power, the company that owns the lines and meters where Davis lives in Alvin. A company rep told us Davis's old 3G meter lost communication at the end of February. It wasn't replaced until two months later at the end of April. Her usage was estimated for the months it wasn't transmitting her readings. The problem, according to Texas New Mexico Power, is that the employee who took off the old meter incorrectly recorded the last reading. And that caused this huge bill from her provider, Jexa. Unfortunately, human clerical errors do occur, the Texas New Mexico spokesperson wrote in an email. I'm on a fixed income, I'm on Social Security disability, my husband works, but still, you know, we have a budget. According to the Public Utility Commission, if your electric company sends you a bill that is based on an estimation of how much electricity you used and not an actual meter read, they have to note that on your bill. When they do actually read your meter, if they see you used more than estimated, they're not allowed to bill you in arrears for more than 180 days. If they overbilled you, no matter how far back, they have to adjust your bill accordingly. It took a little bit, but of course, when we reached out to Jexa, the company wiped Davis's balance clean and started over. The takeaway here is that you should look at your electric bill every month because the electric company is required to note on your bill if either of your meter readings were estimated. And if they were, that should be your first clue that something may be wrong with your meter. What is the reason that they weren't able to get an actual reading of how much electricity you used? That way you could be proactive to call your electric company and ask that it be actually read. It's not ideal to have to pay a bill based on what they think you might have used. You want to get it on what you actually used. Um, so another call that we got this year um, was from a gentleman in the North Shore area who found out that his electric service had been switched. And he's like, wait a minute. I mean, this year was a really volatile year and a really um, bad year to have to switch electric companies, especially towards the second half of the year. Electric rates really shot up. And this gentleman had a very good electric rate. Five cents a kilowatt is what he was looking at. And that should have been his rate for like 18 months. Well, somebody switched his electric company to a not so desirable rate. And he was just trying to figure out what the heck happened and how the heck it happened. Sean Ryle works from the comfort of his home in North Shore on Houston's east side. He's grown quite comfortable with his electric provider, too. I've been with Discount for probably seven to eight years. But last week, Sean received this postcard in the mail with his address and his meter number and someone else's name. It reads, ERCOT has been notified that you have chosen to change your retail electric provider to Clean Sky Energy. I didn't know what to think at first. That same day, Sean received this $399 bill from Discount Power that included a $300 early termination fee. Sean followed the instructions on the postcard and filed complaints with Discount Power and Clean Sky Energy. Both told him they would investigate and get him switched back to Discount as soon as possible, but that the whole process could take up to two billing cycles or 60 days. So technically, I don't really know what I'm paying for electricity at this very moment. I could be paying 15 cents right now, and I normally pay five. 
We reached out to Clean Sky. The chief operating officer told us it appears Sean's electricity was accidentally switched, possibly when someone called in and gave the wrong address to sign up for service. And Discount told Sean he was on the hook for that early termination fee until the investigation was complete. It's a slippery slope that I'm on because I'm just kind of in the middle of two companies basically saying we'll get back to you. We told Sean to file a complaint with the Public Utility Commission right away. The Texas Administrative Code says when any REP receives a customer complaint through the PUC, it shall cease any collection activity related to the alleged unauthorized switch until the complaint has been resolved. It also says the customer shall pay no more than the price they would have been billed had the unauthorized switch not occurred. As for preventing these types of accidental or unauthorized switches in the first place, the PUC UC says electric providers are required to ask customers for specific information before switching service, like their social, mother's maiden name, service address, and their driver's license number. No word on how Sean's switch was an accident if all of that was provided. It can happen to anybody. There's, there's no safety net with any company, with any person. You know what I find in most of these cases is letting the electric company or whatever business industry it is that you're dealing with, letting them know that you know the law is half the battle. Because a lot of times those customer service representatives that answer the phone, they don't exactly know what the law is. They know what they're um, supposed to tell you and what their company is telling them they have to tell you. But if you can cite the law that, hey, the Texas Administrative Code says that my rights are X, Y, and Z, then you'll be in a much better position to get what you need done and to get information out of that electric company. So we're posting the link to the Texas Administrative Code in our show notes that explains your rights if your electricity is switched without your consent, and also a link to file a complaint with the Public Utility Commission, their customer rights protection um, department, because they can sort of help you resolve issues by going to the electric company on your behalf and saying, hey, this customer filed this complaint. We want to know more about that or why exactly did that happen? And then it's not just you, the customer, calling on your own trying to get something resolved. You also have the PUC saying, tell us about this again, because the PUC knows exactly what the electric company should and should not do in these situations. Um, so those are the big takeaways there. There are a lot of neobanks. Have you heard of a neobank? These are one of these new online banks um, that basically popped up. A ton of them popped up right around the pandemic when people started receiving um, these stimulus payments. And they didn't have a traditional bank account, but they needed some place for those payments to go. One of those that popped up was a bank called Chime. Um, so when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about that and some of the complaints that we were hearing about Chime. And after this story aired, the number of, we, of complaints that we got sort of exploded because I think people were Googling our story and seeing our story online and they're like, hey, can you help me? But it's something that you need to see if you're considering um, using one of these neobanks. And we'll explain what that is exactly when we come back. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us for this Ask Amy episode. We are showing you some of the stories that we did in 2022 that really resonated with you. Um, we continued to get more complaints and more questions about a lot of these investigations that we did. And one of them was about 
Chime. Perhaps you've heard of it. It advertises itself as a bank, or at least if you see the commercials, you'd think, oh, this is a bank. Sometimes on some of these apps that show savings accounts and checking accounts with the best interest rates, Chime will pop up. And that's exactly how some of the people who contacted us heard about Chime. They were looking for a higher interest bank account where they could save their money. So Houston Chime customers contacted me when they said that this app, because it works through an app, froze their accounts and took thousands of dollars from them. They contacted me after Chime either didn't respond or Chime did respond and said, oh, no, we investigated and we're still holding your funds. It's like, what? How can they do that? So first, you should know that Chime and other these online companies are called neobanks. They became extremely popular during the pandemic as people looked for accounts where they could put their stimulus payments, where they could have them deposited because they didn't have a traditional bank account. Well, hello, Chime, you may not know it, is also not a bank. It hands over the banking aspect of their business to Bankcore and Stride Bank. But when customers have issues with their accounts, the only contact that they have is Chime. Like you can chat with them, you can send an email, but they say that Chime was very slow to respond, very eager to take their money, but when there were problems, they were very slow to respond. Listen to this. We're pretty good with money. It's why Belinda Mellon and her husband searched for a high interest savings account to let their IRS refund grow. They found Chime with 0.5% interest and opened an account. Mellon transferred their $8,700 tax refund from their PNC bank account to the new Chime account. One day later, I was told that our account was suspended. Chime telling her it spotted unusual activity on her account. The app requested evidence of where the money came from. And I had to send like certain documents for verification. They asked for a government ID. They asked for, um, you know, proof of address. They asked, they asked me to explain in letter, like the purpose of the transfer. Uh, and I did provide all of that. But eight days later, when we sat down to interview Mellon, Chime still had her money locked up. I just want my money back. I looked at my bank account and I said, whoa, what just happened? Ebenita Ahiquia discovered someone drained her Chime account of $3,000 in January by making three withdrawals from a New York ATM. Ebenita was in Houston and explained that to Chime, sending receipts from services and purchases she made here as proof it couldn't have been her. They just kept on saying that they needed more proof and any customer service agent I spoke to, I said, hey, well, what's the proof you need? What more do you need? Three months passed and Ebenita says Chime told her it would not be giving back the money. It's just not right. Lauren Saunders is the associate director of the National Consumer Law Center, an organization pushing federal regulators to make neobanks like Chime comply with the law. Under the law, if you dispute an unauthorized charge on your account, the company or the bank has 10 days to investigate that and uh, resolve it. And the burden is on the bank to show that something is authorized if you say it's unauthorized. We discovered the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has received more than 2,200 complaints about Chime since 2020, many about frozen accounts and fraudulent transactions Chime wouldn't reverse. If they need more time than 10 days, then they have to give you your money back in the meantime, and they can take another 45 days. Both Belinda and Ebenita received their money within 24 hours of our email to Chime and they both plan to quickly move it elsewhere. I'm not going to keep my money with time, that's for sure. Absolutely not, and I urge others not to as well. 
A Chime spokesperson did follow up with us by email. They told us that they take these kinds of complaints very seriously. Um, we know that they tried to crack down a lot because there was a lot of fraud happening during the time that the federal government was sending these stimulus payments. We know that um, there were reports of some people opening bank accounts just to get these stimulus payments. They were somehow fraudulent, fraudulently applying or getting them, and then they would get the money out and then immediately close their account. And that is what some of these neobanks apparently were trying to prevent. But in doing that and, and in having these sort of um, harsh sort of investigative measures to try to be proactive, they caught a lot of innocent people up in it in the process. Chime is not the only neobank. So if you do decide to open an account with one of these non-banking banking apps, you want to make sure that you check for complaints from other customers before you open one up. I do hope that you learned something that can help you in your everyday life. What do we say? Like news you can use in this Ask Amy episode. I hope you guys have a fantastic um, holiday season. Happy New Year. And we will see you back here in 2023. Take care.